0: Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie.
1: And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure.
0: Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go... We'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures.
1: This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Welcome to the Places Where We Go, where during the holiday season and busy, busy life and things going on, we're playing a little bit of catch up with our production schedule. But we are back with you. And today, we're going to take you on a journey to one of England's most beloved cities, Southampton. Located on the south coast of England, Southampton is a famous cruise port city that attracts visitors worldwide, and that's why many people travel to the area to embark on a cruise. Today, it's often called the cruise capital of Europe, but there's more to Southampton than just its port. It has a rich medieval history, vibrant culture, and offers plenty to do if you have one or more days to explore this destination.
0: The reason that we went to Southampton was, as we mentioned before, Southampton is known as the cruise capital of Europe, and that is what took us there to this city. In future episodes, we'll discuss many destinations we visited from a nearly two-week-long Baltic cruise that started for us in Southampton. The city was also the end of our recent week-long visit to England. We spent One full day in Southampton. So let's jump right into it and tell you about our visit and what you can see there and do if you have one day to visit Southampton, England.
1: And as we get into exploring the city, first we're going to talk about getting to Southampton. Nearly 2 million people pass through Southampton every year to enjoy a cruise. And if you're one of these, you have a choice to make. You can get to Southampton directly spend a day or more there before your cruise, or if your schedule permits, we would recommend fly into London, spend several days there, and then make the journey down to Southampton if what's bringing you here is a cruise. On our trip, we spent five days in London, and on a Tuesday morning, we packed our suitcases, strapped one on top of the other, walked from the Star Hotel to Hammersmith Station, and took the tube to Waterloo Station. From there, boarded the Southwestern Railway. And in about 90 minutes, we found ourselves in Southampton. And that train journey cost us, for the both of us, 104 U.S. dollars, I believe, was the conversion.
0: It was about noon when we arrived at the Southampton Central train station You'll see directions at the station for cruise ship passengers getting off the train as many people go straight from the station to the cruise terminal. But we arrived one day before our cruise departure. It was too far to walk to our hotel with all the luggage that we had that encompassed 28 days of traveling. So we decided to take a taxi that was outside the train station and off we went to our hotel. One thing that we did notice when we arrived at the central train station in Southampton was when we immediately got off, our first attention, or maybe my first attention, because I'm always, I'm looking for things, was a number of police that were present at the station. It it seemed unusual because we hadn't seen that in London.
1: Yeah, nowhere near as many police as we were seeing once we arrived at Southampton for sure
0: we would be reminded of why there was such a difference in a few hours. So stay tuned.
1: Yeah. But first, as you mentioned, Julie, we were off to our hotel, and that was our first stop. So we dropped our luggage off at the Harbor Hotel. Check-in at the hotel wouldn't be for several hours, so we left our bags at the hotel and set off on foot to explore a bit of Southampton. We had the afternoon available to explore several sites, Before leaving home, we mapped out a few places that seemed walkable from the hotel, and we started by exploring several areas of ancient history in the city.
0: Our first stop was to visit the ruins of Southampton City Wall section. Southampton City Walls encompass an impressive half-mile-long stretch of medieval forts that survive from the age of pirates. When originally built, these historic defense structures encased the entire city. Constructed in the 1360s following an attack by French and Genoese privateers, these walls played a crucial role in defending the population. These walls have witnessed many significant events throughout all of history or their history, including sieges, battles, and invasions. Today, they are among the most complete city walls surviving in the united kingdom that's a big spanse of area right there yep we walked along the marked trail called walk the southampton walls the trail spans 1.25 miles around the perimeter of the ancient medieval trading town this captivating walk showcases 13 remaining towers six city gates and a half mile of robust stone walls and arcades. We walked among the old stone remains. We took photos. We read the historical descriptions. We saw the medieval mayor's wine vaults and Westgate, a beautifully preserved medieval gatehouse. We visited the Bar Gate, one of Southampton's most iconic landmarks, the ancient entrance into the medieval town. After walking among the ruins, we ventured to view more ruins at the Church of the Holy Rood.
1: And Holy Rood Church in Southampton is a medieval church with a rich history that was tragically destroyed during World War II bombing raids and never fully restored, although today you can visit the ruins as we did. The church history goes back to 1320 with a rich history in the Middle Ages And in November 1940, the port city was blacked out during a German bombing raid, but the German Luftwaffe used the white-painted spire of nearby St. Michael's Church as a landmark, dropping 10,000 bombs on the city, causing immense destruction. And during the World War II Blitz, this church suffered major damage, with only the tower and chancel remaining intact. Saved from complete removal, the bombed-out ruins were transformed into a stunning memorial garden in 1957. Today, it's a memorial to merchant sailors who once worshipped here and victims of the Titanic. We walked through the ruins that were accessible to us. Inside the roofless structure, there were audio displays made by the Southampton Oral History Unit where we could listen to narration from people connected to the Titanic disaster and the destruction that the church suffered. We spend several minutes here listening to the audio displays and learning more about Holyrood Church history.
0: The important memory of mine
1: about the 1939 45 war, when
0: Southampton was severely blitzed by Hitler and Co., one of the disasters, I'm going to call it, was the destruction of Holyrood Church.
1: I just remember the scene being as bright as day with an orange glow, probably from the flames. Holy Root Church had lost its spire. The spire was gone and the tower on which it rested must have been acting like a chimney because the sparks were coming up out of the tower like a Roman candle and going higher than the top of the spire before splaying out. The windows were gone, the roof was gone, it was just a mass of flames.
0: Another area is the God's House Tower. It's a historic structure located at the southeast corner of the city walls. Originally a gatehouse in the late 13th century, the structure got its name from a nearby hospital of God's House, which assisted impoverished travelers since 1168. God's House Tower evolved into a fortification designed to accommodate cannon weaponry. It played a significant role in protecting the area and functioned as a storage space for gunpowder, guns, and ammunition. The need for defense diminished in later centuries, and the building was transformed into the town jail during much of the 1700s. Eventually, in 1961, the Museum of Archaeology was established within the tower, providing a glimpse into the rich history of Southampton.
1: And before our trip to Southampton, I had read that one of the points of history that this place is famous for is its connection to the Mayflower. So we made a point of checking out the Mayflower Memorial. It's located on Town Key. The grade two listed monument commemorates the sailing of the Pilgrim Fathers to America aboard the Mayflower and Speedwell in 1620. And it was in Southampton that the Mayflower stopped for repairs before embarking on its journey to the New World. The ship also took on additional passengers and supplies in the city, making it an integral part of the Mayflower's voyage. The memorial that we saw was erected in 1913 with a dedication ceremony attended by descendants of the Pilgrim Fathers. It's a 50-foot-high column of Portland stone and bears the name of those who sailed on the Mayflower and a bronze plaque depicting the ship itself. We visited the monument to reflect on the courage and determination of those who sailed on the ship over 400 years ago. Today, the memorial serves as a reminder of Southampton's role in American history and its enduring ties to the United States.
0: And then we moved on. On French Street, we visited the Way House. It housed the royal throne or the renowned weight beam scales and weights, dating back to the mid-13th century. This landmark played a crucial role in weighing merchandise, notably wool, before they embarked on their journey from Southampton to various ports across Europe.
1: And in our quest to see as much of Southampton as we could in an afternoon, next stop was Southampton Castle, built after the Norman Conquest, It played a crucial role in the wine trade through Southampton docks. Today, only a few remnants of the castle remain visible in Southampton. The Castle Watergate, built in the 13th or 14th century, is still preserved and forms a part of the city walls. Visiting here, you can explore Castle Vault, learn about the castle's history through guided tours and informative panels.
0: We walked on to our next memorial, This one recalls the history from April 10, 1912, when the unsinkable ship called Titanic departed Southampton Port, with 3,327 passengers and crew on their way to New York. It would hit an iceberg four days later and sink. Several memorials in the city play tribute to the victims of the Titanic, The memorials pay homage to the engineer officers, the crew, musicians, seapost officers, restaurant staff, and local victims. As we mentioned before, there seemed to be a bigger presence of um, police when we got off at the Central Station in Southampton. We soon began to realize that there was a reason for that, and it was about safety. As we were walking to St. Michael the Archangel Church, the oldest building in Southampton, I started to get the spidey sense. Art knows exactly what my spidey sense does. And he soon had the same spidey sense himself because we realized as we were walking up these old streets that there were a couple of people watching our every move.
1: And they seemed to be going where we were going.
0: Mm-hmm. As we noticed this, it made us extremely uncomfortable. We look like tourists in the area. We were pulling up in the air our GoPro and our iPhones to take photos. Next, it seemed we were being followed. At that point, I said, we're turning around, we're not going in that direction.
1: Yeah, because we were in a, in an area where there weren't people, kind of like alleyway-ish type of areas, probably not a good place to be from a safety perspective. So I think we were looking to get ourselves in a more trafficked area right. yeah. as soon as possible.
0: So we had turned around and started heading in the opposite direction of where we spotted these, shall I say, men or should I say hooligans? I don't know. But anyway, as we were walking back, there was a couple walking towards them. And I said, there's some guys over there, be careful. Mm-hmm. And they were also tourists, you could tell. And the the gentleman, the husband, was like, no problem, I got this. And he just went straight forward and puffed out his chest, and that was it. And I thought, okay, good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> so. But they were fine. I think that there was too many people there at that point for these guys, and they kind of hid back into the walls of the of the city. We started to realize, though, that we were being followed because they were probably going to try to rob us of our money, our photo equipment, whatever it was. Who knows? So with our Spidey senses up, we walked faster to get into that more crowded environment. Even once we did make it out, got to the bustling shopping street, which had people all over it, guess who showed up? Still there, Those right behind guys, us. Yep. Right behind us. So finally, we just, we ducked into a, a pharmacy store because we needed some stuff anyway. And that's when we seem to have lost these two people that were following us. We also noticed that there was police present in this mall area, too. So it seems that we finally were clear of whatever shenanigans they were up to. But that did make our experience in Southampton a bit nervous. Ultimately, nothing happened, which was great. But from that moment on, we were watching our backs.
1: Yeah, One of the things I do try to do before we visit certain places, especially if we're not familiar with them, this would have been one of them, is to look online and get a sense of what safety precautions need to be considered for tourists. Because it's not uncommon in cruise ports for there to be reports of higher incidents of pickpocketing, theft, etc. Something like that may have been what was uh, potentially going to be going on with what we noticed. But upon our return, I did... um, kind of revisit what safety is like in Southampton so we could share that with you. And according to Numbio's crime index from just last year, Southampton rates as having a moderate crime rate with a score of 45 out of 100, with 100 being the highest level of crime. So that means that crime does occur, though it's not considered excessively high compared to other UK cities. So it's always advisable to stay vigilant, be aware of your surroundings, we were, and uh, take standard precautions to ensure personal safety. So there's even more things to do in Southampton. If you have time, we're going to quickly roll through some more top-rated things to do if you have more time in the city. And Julie, why don't you kick us off with uh, the first one?
0: The Soylent Sky Museum. It's rated number one on TripAdvisor. This museum showcases the city's rich aviation history with an extensive collection of aircraft and flying boats, including many iconic models from military and civil use. It's also where you can visit the birthplace of the Spitfire.
1: Number two on TripAdvisor in Southampton is the Steamship Shield hull. It's the largest working steamship in Britain. Today, the steamship offers day cruises during the summer, taking guests on a nostalgic journey to the golden age of steamships.
0: Another museum is the Sea City Museum, rated number four on TripAdvisor. It brings Southampton's rich history and maritime connections to life. The museum showcases the intriguing stories of the people of Southampton, including their fascinating lives and their significant role in the Titanic story.
1: And number five on TripAdvisor is the Mayflower Theater. If you enjoy theater, you'll find a variety of touring musicals, opera, ballet, and comedy shows. The theater also has a stunning restaurant called Ovation, where you can enjoy exceptional seasonal menus.
0: While we were in Southampton, we stopped for some food to give us a little more energy on all the walking that we did. For lunch, we walked from our hotel to the Maritimo Lounge as the menu seemed pretty versatile. We selected a lighter lunch going for the soup of the day, which was carrot, tomato, and onion vegetable. This soup was served with ciabatta rolls and butter, and it was an excellent way to start lunch. We had an order of the honey-roasted beetroot and feta flatbread for our entree. This entree had chickpeas, tomato, and red pepper salsa, pomegranate seeds, and mint on a flatbread, and it was delicious. If you so desired, there is tea, which is served in a teapot with a little milk vessel on the side. We don't
1: get it served that way in the nope, United States.
0: We do not. So we enjoyed that a lot. That was a really... Tasty lunch, and it got us going for the rest of the day. Yeah.
1: Another good meal that we had was at the hotel's restaurant on the sixth floor. They have what they call the Har Bar Restaurant. We enjoyed views of the marina from our table, and they have seating options both indoor and outdoors. The menu had excellent options available, and the bar menu was immense. For dinner, we enjoyed sweet peas and mint tortellini served with asparagus. And, Julie, your entree was a quinoa salad, including cauliflower, kale, carrot, chickpeas, tahini, accompanied with a glass of merlot. It was a lovely dining experience, reasonably priced, and a very attractive location.
0: Our stay at the Harbour Hotel would be our first paid hotel of the trip to this point. Our prior five nights in London didn't cost us anything, And if you missed that, listen to our recent London episode and click on the show notes to learn how we stayed in London for five nights for free. Walking up to the marina's hotel, the building resembles a ship. Check-in was very easy. The staff was helpful. They helped us arrange for transport to the cruise terminal the following day at the time of our check-in. We stayed at the fourth floor. The room was very nice. We opened the door and I was so pleasantly pleased with how nice the room was, the size of the room. It had a king size bed, comfortable seating in both corners of the room, and in the middle of that was a desk with ample room to lay out a keyboard, a laptop. If you had to, you could get some work done. There was a selection of books on the desk and it provided some reading material and a flat screen TV that sits above the desk. The windows opened to a beautiful view of the marina, which was so nice. I really enjoyed that. A table by the windows actually offered binoculars if you wanted to do some viewing of the channel outside. And it had a complimentary gin decanter, an ice bucket that was filled with ice and limes, and a very nice drinking glass. It was a very, very nice touch. I am not a gin drinker, but you had some comments about the gin. Yeah, I
1: sipped the gin. So on the one hand, I was I was really pleased that there was complimentary gin in the room. We've never had anything like that. But I do have to say it wasn't the best gin I've ever <laughs> sipped. That's for sure. So anyways, very, very much appreciated the offering. And I sipped away anyways.
0: You sipped yes, away anyway. Yes. The bathroom was immaculate. It was absolutely beautiful. It One thing that... I loved was it had a rain shower head. It was posh. Mm-hmm. It seemed very posh. Also, I noticed that because I will go barefoot, you won't, but I will go barefoot. The floors were actually heated. And I thought that was a very cool touch.
1: Yeah, we don't get heated floors every day when we travel.
0: Oh no. So all in all, it was a very extremely comfortable room, a very nice mattress to sleep on, very comfortable. It was quiet. We had a good night's sleep. And that was a good thing because the next day we had to get up bright and early and head off for our cruise. Both of us would give pretty high marks to staying at the Harbor Hotel in Southampton.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, would stay there again, hands down. And with that, time for a few
0: fun facts, Julie. Some people might love this. Jane Austen resided in Southampton with her family for two years following her father's demise. During her stay, she commemorated her 18th birthday at the Dolphin Hotel. Notably, it is here that Austin penned one of her captivating novels, namely Sense and Sensibility.
1: You touched on this one before. On March 5, 1936, the World War II-era Spitfire aircraft had its first flight from Southampton Airport.
0: And another fun fact, nearly 450 cruise ships dock at the Southampton port yearly, transporting over 1.5 million passengers on their holiday adventures.
1: And that brings us to the question of how many days should you spend in Southampton? And given that... Well over a million people come to the city to hop on a cruise. I would recommend at least plan for a day to see some of the history.
0: Minimum. Yeah. Minimum a day.
1: Because there's so much Mm -hmm. there to see. I mean, we we filled up every minute of time that we had while we were there. And as we went through with you some of these additional sites that were rated highly on TripAdvisor – Getting to some of those, you could easily fill a good two days if you're in Southampton. So I would say one day minimum, two days would be probably ideal. Mm -hmm. And that would be a nice visit to Mm -hmm. the city.
0: Yes. So we hope you enjoyed our trip through Southampton that is through our eyes and our tips on where you could stay, what to eat. It's some place that we would highly recommend that you visit yourself. It was it was a very nice city, different vibe from London, mm-hmm. but it was a very very nice city. And uh, if you have any tips or comments for us, please leave them for us, and we would greatly appreciate that. And if you're not subscribing to us yet, take a minute and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your favorite source for podcasts, so you can catch up on our future episodes.
1: You can also subscribe to our travel stories and information on our website, theplaceswherewego.com. And that's also where you can subscribe to our newsletter for weekly travel news highlights curated for you
0: by us. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Until next time, happy travels. And we hope to see you at the places where If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com.
1: You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube, where our channel name is The Places Where We Go.
0: Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at the places where we go.
1: See you next time.
0: Bye now.